0: Thank you Dawn and team, that was amazing. Um, Anyone here for the first time tonight? Do we have any guests? Welcome, welcome, welcome to Kingdom Life. Um, Homecoming is always a strange weekend. I know for for Taylor students, we're like, people are crazy busy. Sometimes we we miss students because they're busy doing their homework, sometimes we get parents, sometimes we get old Kingdom Lifers. It's always a fun Sunday. Um, I had a really strong sense from the Lord tonight that um, that every single person that He wanted here is here. Um, so um, when I when I first started preaching, I, I was terrible. Well, you might think I'm a terrible preacher, but um, I was really terrible at standing in front of people. I was super shy. I had really bad acne when I was young, and um, I preached for the first time when I was about 31, and it went okay, I think. Um, I used to be scared of people, you know, what they thought. Um, and now I don't, I, I'm not scared of you guys anymore, which is nice, but, um, but, there, but there's, there's, times, there's times when I'm, when I, I'm scared that, I, that I'm not going to say the things that God wants me to say. Uh, and this doesn't happen every Sunday, but there are times where His presence feels so strong, and the thing that He's been asking me to speak on has been so strong during the week that I, that, I, that that there's um, it just feels like there's extra impetus from Him, and and uh, and my my heart and my prayers that I that I communicate what He wants me to say. Um, all that to say, as I, as I speak tonight and then as I pray at the end, I, I do believe that, that he, he wants to move, okay? And I'll share a little bit more at the end. Um, sorry, I have a slippery ear again. So, um, if you've been at Kingdom Life more than two years, which not many of you have because, you know, students come and go. We love you guys and we miss you, I promise. Um, when we've, when we've done sermons on the gifts of spirits, this is actually one that we often skip. The sermon of spirits. If tongues is weird, and I know you, most of you think it is, okay, then this one is even more weird. And in some ways it's harder because there's even less scripture about it. And so... <laughs> There's a temptation to read Corinthians and Paul's list of the gifts and just kind of pretend this one doesn't exist. You know, ignore the things that are inconvenient. Um, but if Scripture is really as precious to us as we say it is, then we don't, we don't have the right to do that. And so I'm actually going to do the opposite of skip it. Not surprisingly... We're going to take two Sundays, okay, to talk about this. <laughs> okay, we're going to we're going to sit on it for a while and see where see where we get to. Um, so tonight, I'm 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 going to focus on uh, on scripture. Um, I Bill gave me some stuff to read, and I, you know I have I have some. Um, Theologians who I really trust in terms of understanding the Spirit. And, and this week I actually felt the Lord saying, Don't read those until I've spoken to you. And so I prepared my sermon, and then this morning I went to those books. Um and I, I made one change. I mean, just, I just really felt that the Lord um what he has what he has asked me to share is really from his heart. Um and I believe that these scriptures are appropriate for this gift. I'm going to share a few personal stories as well. And then next week. I'm going to talk more about the how, okay? The stories will illustrate the how a bit, but I'm going to talk more explicitly about what that actually looks like day to day, okay, when we're praying for our friends, when we're sitting talking in a meeting, okay? Because this gift is not just about sitting here in church, okay? It's about everyday life, okay? Um, but I wanted to start with Luke 11, scripture we know well. reading from verse 9. So I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, that he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? So, if you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So, I, I love the scripture. I'm sure we all do. But, you know, to be honest, the, the second part has never made any sense to me. Like, I know a few bad dads. I'm not even sure that they would have done what Jesus says here. The, the, the kind of exaggeration that he uses, I know he's, I know he's making a point. But I really want to emphasize that scripture that as we press into some of these gifts that maybe are more difficult. And maybe we've had some weird experiences in the past that God wants to take care of. But Jesus says that his gifts are good. And in the past few weeks, since we've started on this series, I've had quite a few conversations with people. Um, and, And I've actually started to understand the scripture more and why Jesus said it. Because I've found so much fear in people. As if they believe that things of the Spirit are bad. They are a scorpion. They are a snake. And Jesus says, no. (laughs) The Father is good. And he gives good gifts. And so this gift that we're going to talk about for the next two weeks, it is odd. Odd okay, it will stretch us, because it's not one with check boxes, okay, um, but it is in scripture, and it is from Jesus, and Paul lists this amongst the gifts, and if we think about what Paul says about the body, and about us being, um, you know, we each have these gifts, not everyone in this room is going to have the gift of discernment, and I'm glad for that, okay, because it's, it, is, it is a challenging gift, um, but not everyone's going to have the gift of healing or the gift of tongues. But I, I, I think sometimes we, we, we look at these gifts and we think, oh, the gift of the discernment. That's like the end of my pinky finger. You can take that, Lord, like chop it off, and I can live a pretty happy life. I can get by. And I think maybe we kind of rank the gifts. Like healing, that's cool. Jesus did that a lot. That's good. Like we need that one. That's like a leg. But the more that I've studied this gift and the more that I've lived with it and, and the more that I've seen people who excel in it, the more I've come to see it as absolutely central to who we are as a church and what God calls us to be in the world around us. And hopefully you'll agree with me by the time I get to the end of tonight. There are a couple of preambles here, obviously. okay. Forgive me, I'm doing this lately, just as I feel the Lord speaking over a few things. Um, the other thing, I will always pray over our services, we pray over our services, that God's will be done. And I do not ever want the enemy bringing distraction, okay, that distracts from what God is doing. Okay, but Bill and I, and some others in the church, you know, we have, we have a friend who didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit And so God started sending demon possessed people to his church. Week after week after week after week after week after week after week. week week. And what happened? Those people got set free. And what happened? That church came alive to the Holy Spirit. And what happened? People started getting healed. And what happened? Half his church left. Actually, slightly more than half. And some of those people said to him, we know this is God, but we just can't take it. Which is kind of weird to me, and it's kind of sad. Because we can do churchianity, okay? And, 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 and being at church, and being amongst family, and worshiping God, those are good things. But that's not what Jesus called us to be, okay? He called us to be that and, ambassadors of his kingdom. He called us to be full of his spirit. He called us to bring freedom to the captives. And so, as we press into these gifts, you know, I I, I want us to be a place. I want us to be a place where people who are bound can be free. And I can't tell you that that's always going to look pretty. In fact, I can tell you it's probably not going to look pretty some of the time. And we have to be okay with that. Just like the disciples were okay when Jesus started doing some crazy stuff. Let him be God, and we will follow him. That's my heart for this church. And if, you know, if we are part of his kingdom and we see ourselves as, as soldiers in his kingdom, then um, if, we, if we do not have this gift of discernment, the gift of discernment operates a little bit like an intelligence agency. Right? It, it's like God's intel to his church. What is going on in the spiritual realm, which often is then affecting the natural Okay, um, and ask any general, any army without intel, they are blind. Okay, and we don't want to be blind. So will you just pray with me quickly before I, before I carry on? I just want to pray a quick prayer here. Lord Jesus, um, we thank you for every gift of your spirit. Lord, I do sense that there's an openness in the room to hear from you, and I thank you for that. Lord, I just pray also against any fear that people may have about talking about the supernatural and about the things of your kingdom. Lord, anyone who's had a bad experience, Lord, I pray against fear that you would bind it May your purpose alone be done tonight. Holy Spirit, let your truth and let the will of our Father reign here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, (laughs) there's this great um, Hebrews 5, the writer of Hebrews 5, I'm reading from verse 12, um, writes, writes this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, So first thing I want to say tonight is God is talking about this to us, God instructing us to think about this stuff as a compliment, okay? He is saying I'm willing to give you solid food and I want you to chew on this, okay? This is not, a, this is not an evening to be sapping on milk. All right? This is an evening of meat, of solids. The second thing I just want to point out here And this is true of all the gifts, okay? Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Basically what the writer of Hebrews is saying, those who practice, those who are willing to say yes and those who practice and those who grow in their gifts. You can ask for this gift of discernment tonight and you may realize one thing or two things and in 20 years time, you're gonna know a whole lot more. Next week, you'll probably know more. Right. But the rite of Hebrews gives us permission to practice, to use, to grow as we use the gifts of God. My final preamble before we get to Scripture, and this is really important for this gift. One of the, um, one of the saddest things that I, th- that I see around me is um, not only... That people in the world are going to all sorts of places where they can interact with spiritual reality. But even Christians. I have colleagues at work, (laughs) I should be careful here, (laughs) former colleagues at work actually, whose spouses have gone to see mediums and have got involved in New Age practices. Because in the church, they have not encountered the Holy Spirit. And we sometimes think that we live in a secular world, and some complete and utter nonsense. All around us, there's spiritualism. And all around us, people are turning, trying to find some sort of purpose, trying to find something that will feed them because they are eternal beings. They have a spirit and a soul. And the church sits and doesn't engage in the spirit. And we don't satisfy the soul. And it breaks my heart when even Christians have to go outside the church to be fed. And, and sometimes, and even in conversations I've had, um, people have gone to sort of Eastern meditation things or, you know, done new age things, and they think it's okay. And it's, and, it's just, and it's not. As soon as, if you embark in the spirit realm, you are in the kingdom of God, you're in the kingdom of Satan, okay? There is no either or. Okay, and that might be a heavy thing, but It's true. Okay, it's true. Don't be scared if you've done something like that. You just repent and you pray and you're forgiven. Okay? And get prayer from others if you want that confidence. But as a church, we have to bring people the reality of God. Because people will otherwise go to other places. And that is not what God's called us to do. (laughs) He wants us to spread his kingdom. All right, that's enough background. Go to Acts 11, please. Um, uh, Dr. Heath, Bill has been plugging Sam Storm's books um, and the one on tongues, and he's, he's got a couple on, on introductions to the gifts. Really good guy. Was he at Dallas Seminary or Theological College? Um, yes, he did. He went to Dallas for the cessation and then came out of there. Yeah, so this is a man who didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit, now does, runs a big church, so he's a pastor and a theologian. Um, he writes this about this gift. Some of you may be uncomfortable with the inescapable subjectivity of the spiritual gift. I understand your concern. But we are dealing with spiritual gifts, not empirical science. Hmm. And basically, what I've said before, is for whatever reason, this is the way that God designed it. He put his spirit in us, and he said, my spirit will lead you into all truth. So be in relationship with me. It's not science. But there are actually some objective things we can see. So Acts eleven, verse six. They travelled through the whole island as far as Paphos. Paphos, where they found a Jewish, Jewish sorcerer and false prophet named Bar Jesus, an attendant of the proconsul Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, a man of intelligence, summoned Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. Good intention. Sorry, Acts eleven. Acts 11, is it Acts 11? Oh, uh, sorry? Bill, do you know which one that is? I must have copied and pasted, sorry. Start reading again. <laughs> it's in Acts. Just for the record, okay? Just for the record, you bunch of evangelicals. Whenever Jesus quotes scripture, does he ever give the verse? Okay. No, he says, the word says. All right. So, all right. <laughs> Acts 13, thank you. All right. Always Jesus would say, the word says. All right. So, <laughs> the, just break some religious uh, stuff there. All right. So, um, but Elimas the sorcerer, so I'm on the verse 8 now. But Elimas the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them. And tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. So God's moving this guy, okay? He's interested in the word of God. And the sorcerer is opposing this. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked directly at Elymas and said, O child of the devil and enemy of all righteousness, you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop averting the straight ways of the Lord? Now look... The hand of the Lord is against you, and for a time you will be blind and unable to see the light of the sun. Immediately mist and darkness came over him, and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what had happened, he believed, for he was astonished at the teaching about the Lord. So an evangelism moment, a man who has been drawn to God, who is opposed by an ambassador of Satan. Let's just be honest. This is a man who's a part of the kingdom of darkness. And this is a man of influence. He's a pro-consul. Almost as high as you get in the region. So this is a big move by God, to draw this man into the faith. And Paul is opposed and Paul obviously discerns that this is spiritually motivated. And one little um, aspect you had to not lose sight of as well is that line where it says, Paul filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, now, we are all filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you have this gift, you have the Holy Spirit. But quite often when you operate in the gift of discernment, there will be moments where the Lord will reveal something and at, at the same time, you will feel an increase of his presence in you. And as that happens, it's a wonderful thing because you know that the thing he's just revealed to you, he wants to beat and he's now giving you the power to do it. It's not like you always walk around as this power machine, but he fills you in the moment. And it's actually confirmation for what you think you're seeing or feeling. Okay, it's like a secondary sign, which is awesome. And when you get that feeling, you just, you just know Jesus is he's there to win. <laughs> so note, there is nothing in this man that tells Paul that he's a sorcerer, necessarily. Okay. He sees the evil. He discerns it. The first time I um, ever did spiritual warfare, um, my father decided, I guess it was time for me to start learning these things. I was I think I was 15 or 16. Um, and he took me to a home uh, of a woman whose husband was an alcoholic and used to beat her. And he was away for the afternoon. She asked, she asked us to come and pray in her home. It's a really sad story. Um, and if he knew we were there, he, he wasn't a Christian. He would have been really furious. So we kind of snuck in. And we, and we prayed through him. And my, and, and, um, my dad um, dealt with things um, that he had discerned. And I was just kind of along for the ride, you know. Um, and this isn't a, an amazing story, but it was just the beginning of this gift of discernment as God started to teach me. So we were there for like an hour and a half, two hours praying. And then my dad said, okay, we're done. And we went out, and, and, and I didn't do anything. I was just there. And he said to me, so what did you feel, son? Like, did you sense anything? And I said, well, I, I sensed evil. That was obvious. And I said, but in the one part of the house, um, and it was between, um, I think, the bedroom and, and the sort of to the lounge, they had this pillar across the, the, the house. And I said to my dad, okay, I, I really think I could see two figures sitting on that two evil figures sitting on that pillar. And he said, yeah, and, he st- and my dad said, this is what their names are, and that's what I got rid of. Um, well, that's what Jesus got rid of as I prayed. I was like, okay. That was my first introduction. Quite simple for me. Quite profound f- um, for that woman in her home. Turn to Matthew 16. I hope I got this one right. As the word says reading from i think verse 23 (laughs) sometimes i actually delete the verses so i can read it more easily that doesn't help me (laughs) jesus turned to peter and said get away from me satan you are a dangerous trap to me you are seeing things merely from a human point of view not from gods bear in mind in all these scriptures we see indications of discernment okay um, sometimes that word discern is used, but we see indications. We're reading into the text. But I do believe these are the texts Jesus is guiding us to. So obviously this is a really harsh moment for Peter. Peter is in, and the reason I included this is Peter is not possessed. He's obviously a disciple. He's Jesus' is a special disciple. He's the disciple that recognizes Jesus' divinity first. Okay? But what the scripture does show us is that all of us have the ability to come under the lies of the enemy. Okay, or to run with our own flesh and not the ways of God. So it's not like Peter was you know partnering with evil, but he was speaking from his flesh. And but Jesus doesn't say, Peter, that's you thinking. Those are the ways that you know, the, the fact that he actually calls us out as Satan, as spiritually enforced, is really important. Okay, that this isn't just Peter. It's not just his his flesh. There's a lie coming in here which Jesus needs to rebuke in this man on whom he is going to build his church. Okay, Peter's salvation and his sanctification is really important. So this is a harsh rebuke for Peter, but I'm really sure that it teaches him a lesson. In this past week, so I work at Tel, it's a great place, you know, and obviously everyone who's there is a, is a who teaches is a professor and, and, and we profess faith. In, the, in this past week I've had uh, two or three conversations where in those conversations the Holy Spirit has pointed out to me strongholds in my colleagues' lives. Just you know, in discernment. And it's and it's it's not something that I'm, he always calls me to act on. Sometimes it's just something he calls me to know, so I know how better to treat these individuals. Um, sometimes he shares why that thing is there. And again, this is not about, you know, possession or deep spiritual oppression, but it's about those parts of our lives that are not sanctified by God, you know, where the things that we're just broken and we have wounds. And people operate out of rejection and insignificance and fear. And I hope one day God will allow me to to walk in those and with with those colleagues. You know, that's up to him. Um, I, have, I have a friend uh, called Andrew who um, went to this really amazing church in London. Um, it was amazing for a lot of reasons. It was full of the spirits, um, great people. Also one of the wealthiest churches in England. But it's, hey, dude. But it was, um, <laughs> it was right next door to one of the really poorest estates. In, London's weird that way. You can have a really wealthy area and just across the road, you have this poor estate. And Andrew used to spend his time... Do I sound funny? <laughs> Andrew used to spend his time ministering to these kids. He's fine. Don't worry. He's fine. Um, Andrew used to spend his time ministering prophetically to street kids. So these are guys whose parents don't go to church. They've never been to church. No one in their family has been to church. They've never even read a Bible. That may be prophetic. I don't know. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Um, So... um, One of the times Andrew, and if you know anything about London and and lower, you know, working class London and the poorer areas of London, you know that crime is a problem and stabbings and violence. So Andrew's a really brave guy. So he goes into this council estate, um, and and the Lord points out a kid to him. So he goes up to him, and he starts giving prophetic words, words of knowledge over this kid. And this kid is like his eyes are, because Andrew's really prophetic, and he is telling this guy stuff about his life, like, there's no ways he knows apart from God. And this other kid sees what's going on and runs across and starts mocking Andrew and starts mocking God and starts cursing. And when that, that happens, a whole group of teenagers start together. So Andrew's trying to you know, give these words from the, from the Lord and as what happened with Paul, he felt this, he felt the spirit fill him. And he turns around, and this is just a kind of caution, don't do this until you really know what you're doing. Um, but he, like, he doesn't look at the person because he's not praying against the person, is he? He's praying against principalities and, and powers. So he looks above his head, and he rebukes the spirit of mocking. And as the words come out of his mouth, his kid's mouth just shuts, and he can't open it. And his eyes get big. And every one of those kids that was in the circle around just lines up for prayer from Andrew. <laughs> And he's there for the next few hours just giving prophetic prayer. <laughs> and his prayer was always about original design, about how God made these kids who have lived hard lives and, and, he's, and he's pouring in life into these kids. Again, wait till you got some practice before you do that one, okay? <laughs> but uh, he's actually done that a couple of times. Uh, God's, God's responded. It's pretty crazy. Turn to Mark, um, Mark 1. This one's definitely right. <laughs> now I know we're talking about Jesus here and we kind of think "What well, is Jesus so he always knows everything but bear in mind Jesus is a man and he operates under the guidance of the Holy Spirit in all things just like us Okay, that is our potential now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying let us alone what have we to do with you Jesus of Nazareth did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. And when the un- unclean spirit had un- convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out. Now maybe in this one, this is the one that um, a couple of theologians say, well, the way the guy says stuff and what he says, like Jesus knows. But the fact is, he's in the synagogue. It would seem that he's behaving normally, you know, he's not kind of convulsing or anything. And the words that he uses are, you know, he's speaking in Jesus' language in Aramaic. He's not speaking in, you know, there's no indication in the text that he's doing anything strange apart from the fact that what he see, in, in what he says, Jesus discerns that this is evil, and this is rooted in Satan, and so he rebukes. Again, he rebukes the spirit, not the man, Okay. And when, when, you know, we we read these stories, and, you know, sometimes I think we read these stories and they're kind of comforting because they're in the Bible and they're a long time ago. And sometimes I'll tell stories about things that happened, like, you know, a few weeks ago, and those, like, really freak us out. It's like the same thing, people. You know, Satan is still busy. God still wants to set people free. And that's a beautiful thing. But that's our job, Tyler. I guess part of what we get to do is set people free. Acts 16. This might be my favorite one. 16, 16. So I've chosen, I think, my four favorite scriptures. There's another two or three. Now it happened as we went to pray that a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune-telling. This girl, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, (laughs) turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. So the reason I really like this story is like if we walked around saying this about a good evangelist, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaims to us the way of salvation. It seems like a good thing. Like maybe she was saying it in a mocking way. Maybe. We don't know. But the words, the words are true, aren't they? The words are true. But Paul is greatly annoyed. Okay, and that's, <laughs> one of the things about the gift of discernment, and I will talk more about the how next week, one of the things about it is that often our, the, the way that we sense, in, you know, with our spirit and our bodies, they often work really interestingly and together. Okay, that you can have this, like this annoyance. Like this, what this person is saying is okay, but I'm really annoyed in my spirit right now, so something's off. And then you say, okay, Lord, what is going on here? Why am I feeling off? Okay. Oh, that's not me. That's a spirit of divination. Again, Paul prays, and the spirit has to come out. With this gift of discernment, like with all the gifts, but I, th- I think, <laughs> I think this gift and the gift of prophecy probably most importantly. when when we talk about operating the gifts in relationship with Jesus, it's so important. And just for clarity's sake, in case I forget to say this, with the gift of discernment, it is not now your role to be God's assassin of the devil. Okay? Like, we don't now go and spend our life looking for the enemy wherever he may be lurking. There's nothing in Scripture to indicate that that's acceptable. Okay? Unless the Lord instructs us So the gift of discernment, whenever I discern evil, it is always in the context of doing good, right? So someone comes to me for prayer, or I feel the Lord praying, asking me to pray over a particular space, a school or a church or a town. Then the gift of discernment, the Lord reveals something that needs to be prayed against. And then I go after it because I'm going after it with his instruction. I'm not looking for it. This gift is not to bring attention to the enemy in any way except to destroy him when the Lord reveals. And so being in intimacy with Jesus, being in relationship with him is so important. There's a really simple story that um, Sam Storms um, shares in, in his book. And I think we have it at the back, although we don't have a site tonight. Um. Really simple story. So Sam, remember all the gifts, you can get the gift or you can get the gift occasionally when God decides you need it. Okay? All the gifts. So um, Sam, like he says, this is not one of my gifts, but, I, but I've experienced it. And, the, and the, the example he gives that people on his leadership team will go on prayer walks around their parish. Um, and they went to, they were walking past um, an elementary school in, the, in their parish, in their town. And, and he said he suddenly felt like a presence of evil. Uh, And he stopped and he said, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Is anyone else else feeling this? And it's not a feeling he's kind of used to, but he's like, okay, I'm really uncomfortable. There's something wrong. And then then one of the prophetic people on the team said, yeah, there's something evil has happened here. And they walk around the corner and on the other wall, so they hadn't yet seen it on the other wall, a whole lot of satanic symbols and the leftovers of a Satanist ritual on the ground, which they then prayed against obviously um, but Sam said I, I knew there was something like the Lord revealed it before I saw it okay, but, I, but we were looking for it because he had revealed and because he had revealed it we knew he wanted us to pray against whatever that influence was over the school because it was not as hard for the kids to be under that influence it's really quite simple and we'll go into more of that how next week um So I'm going I'm to wrap up now um, with just one or two one or two last things. One thing and one scripture. Um, some of you have heard my story, but I, you know I've told my story in various ways over various years, so you probably will forget them, my stories anyway. But um, I I used to be really scared of the supernatural. Yeah, you know I grew up in a charismatic church, and particularly my dad's just amazingly gifted, um, and it was a privilege. Um, but But when I was young, uh, five or six years old, um, I had a really horrible demonic dream, um, which I've had subsequently, but this one was unique because Satan himself appeared to me in the dream, which I now kind of take as a compliment. Back then it was not. And it was really interesting because he was really good looking. But so much evil emanated out of him, it was absolutely terrifying. And he said to me, I want you to do whatever I tell you to do, and if you don't, I will kill your parents. And fortunately, I have a father who's incredibly spiritual and very powerful in the Holy Spirit. Um, and whatever covering that gave me, or just God's grace over me, I had, he never asked me to do anything stupid, you know. But I had, a, I had fear in my life for the next ten years. I literally because he said in the dream if I told my dad, he would also kill my dad. So it was only when I was sixteen and I'd been filled with the Spirit for a year or two and I started starting to understand the power of the Spirit that I told my dad. And my dad was like, Well that's a lie, let's break that now. And then you know of course he prays and it's just done it's like Yeah I should have done that when I was six. But (laughs) but um I, you know, I love the Holy Spirit. Um, I love the things of the Spirit. But I, I've, I've, I've come out of a background of, you know, of fear. And, and, I, and I see fear in people around me. And to be honest, like sometimes I think God's asking us to do stuff, and I'm like, Lord, I'm not sure I want to be the person leading if you want us to do this stuff, you know? Um, but maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> But there are times where he asked me to preach on things like this, and I was like, Lord, I'm not sure I want to. Like, this is not always easy. But I, but I, I know that he gives good gifts, and he, and he wants his kingdom to be expanding. And each one of us is an agent in that kingdom. Right. And just on percentages, there's at least seven or eight people in this room who could have the gift of discernment, if we were to divide up the gifts equally, okay? I know, who is it, Giselle? Who is it? Giselle wants one of them, okay? so okay. <laughs> Some of us, just on, just on percentages, um, some of us should have this gift, and it's powerful, but I want us to press into healing, and I want us to press into the prophetic, and I want to press us to press into tongues, and I want us to press into discernment of the spirits without fear, right? because we're advancing God's kingdom, and we're doing it with Him, and the Father's gifts are good. So I'm going to finish with two of my favorite scriptures that I like to read whenever I'm confronted with fear. Ephesians 6, and then I'm going to read something from John. I'm just going to read it. It's one that I should actually have in my mirror at home. <laughs> But as John writes, this man who knew Jesus' heart so well. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The one who is in us is greater. He's greater in love and he's greater in power and he's greater in peace. And he's greater in joy and he's greater in purpose and he's just greater in every way. So next week I'm going to push into this a little bit more. If you have any evangelical friends coming with you next week, remind them I did all the scripture this week, okay, and they can listen to the podcast. Okay, so (laughs) I'll do a reminder of the scriptures uh, next week. But but, um, there's two things in particular I just want to say this now. So I'm going to talk about how we discern when we pray for people, how we discern when we pray over places, Um, and then there's a third aspect of discernment which is really important and and forgive me for just doing this quickly now, Um, but it it goes really powerfully with a gift of intercession. It seems to affect, in my experience, women more than men, Um, but it's, um, it's where you discern things that are happening in the spiritual realm, but you feel them very physically. Okay, so there are some people who will walk into a room and they will suddenly feel depressed. And they might even think they have depression because this happens quite often until they learn that they actually have the gift of discernment. And what they're discerning when they walk in the room is depression in other people or a spirit of depression that is holding onto someone. Um, we, we have a few friends who thought they had depression or thought they had this or thought they had that. And actually, when they learned they had the gift of discernment and took, their, took those things back to God, God started to reveal things. Okay. I'll say more on that next week. And I'll probably get one of the ladies who has experienced that to speak a bit as well. Okay. So be excited, and will you pray with me? Um, Dawn, are you still in the room? There she is. Um, and let's have a final song after us, Dawn, if we can. We want to finish tonight with worship, so I'll just pray quickly. But I, I did, Matt might, Matt might have some stuff for us to pray, but I just... Um, I wanted us, I just felt the Lord wanting us to do two things. Um, and the first thing was to just ask if anyone has fear of the supernatural. And guys, we're you know, we in prayer here, our eyes are closed, and this is just by you and Jesus. If you have a fear of the supernatural, Will you will you give that to Jesus? Just be willing to say, Lord, you know the stuff confuses me, this stuff scares me. I don't understand it. And maybe you've had a bad experience and if you have, um, please take that and give it to him. But I ask you, Lord, that you would, you would move our hearts that you would take fear away. That we won't be dictated to by, by the enemy any longer. And, and, and fear and, and, and lies about fearing the supernatural because the supernatural, Jesus, it's where you live. It's where you are. And Lord, I pray instead of fear that you would give us an excitement and a delight for more. Give us a delight for more. So if you have any sense of fear, just give that to Jesus now. we're going to do this next week we're going to have more time next week just to, to pray about this gift and, and for anyone who wants it but I just want to give a bit of space for that now and, in, and in, this, in the spirit of practicing the gifts as we preach on them during worship I ask the Lord is there anything that you want to share with us tonight is there anything that you want to reveal and as, as I prayed that prayer I, I saw two angels on either side of the front of the church and, and, I, and I knew the, that they were not angels that would normally be here. And the Holy Spirit said to me that this is an honor, God. And they're only here because Jesus himself, his presence is here. And during worship, the angel on the left, he had a sword and he thrust it into the ground and he turned it. And as he turned it, the, 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 the words of, that we've had about living water in this body, he turned it and the crack in the ground got bigger and more water started to flow. And so I, I, I asked the Lord, why are you here tonight? And just very simply, I, I heard him saying, I've come that you would have increase. I've come to give. Increase. And I believe that He wants to give this gift. So if, if it is a gift that you want or that you already think you have but you want to grow in, just say yes to Jesus. Just say yes. Lord, I want this. Will you increase the gift in me? Just say yes. We're going to worship now, so let's worship the Lord. Uh, Just keep engaging with him on that as you worship. Jesus, we praise your name. We thank you that you invite us to be partners in the advancing of your kingdom. And what a glorious kingdom it is, Lord. We praise you, Jesus, king of all kings. Lord of all, Lord. Amen.